Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Will I be able to do in other country what I like to do like a manager? If you don't win, you cannot stay. So you have to win. The team is going to be able to break that record. He has to do it so well. Winning, winning, winning 18 times in a row. That was the key point in, in that league. We never give up. Never. Being ourselves, that is the most important thing. We made the best year in the Premier League ever to be considered one of the best teams in the history of English football. We have to win more. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your manager, Pep Guardiola! I mean, it's been a huge change over Pep's five years at the club. They were well set up, but the squad had drifted a bit. The Manuel Pellegrini era had kind of fizzled out. A good squad with certainly good foundation. We are going to try to create a team spirit. That is the most important thing. After, we can talk about the tactics, about many, many things. But we have to create something special between each other. There is just euphoria, you know. Um, there's no getting away from it. He was proven as the best manager in, in the world at that time. He has got the best out players wherever he's been. You know, he's changed players. You'd seen the football his teams had played at Barcelona, at Bayern Munich. Having a manager as high profile and successful as Pep, the sort of players he would attract, the type of football we would play, and I think it raised expectations again. I remember the, the news to come out before as we had been told as the players. We understood that, OK, Pep is coming, we, we, have, to, we have to do well now. This period, because obviously there will be some changes at the end of the season, and when you see that one of the greatest managers was coming to to the club, he was at the end of the day he was he was a good news. There was an air of of excitement from from any football fan, and intrigue because how's how's he going to do this? You know, how how is the Premier League going to marry with Pep Guardiola? There were some who thought they may be a bit sceptical about it. You know, maybe. This guy, he, he had the best Barcelona ever, as if that's a coincidence. You know, I'll buy Munich, or the Bundesliga, it's a one-team league. It'll be much harder in the Premier League. You know, maybe the City squad isn't quite as good as he's used to. Um, this kind of style, you know, possession of football, does it, isn't it why it's never really worked in England? I think Pep Guardiola had heard before arriving to England that, uh, that it couldn't be done in the Premier League because the Premier League is so different, so special, so unique. He knew that there was doubts. He didn't have any. And that doubt can also be very easily turned into something positive. I'll show you. I'll, I'll, I'll prove to you that you're all wrong. His training method, his way of playing, uh, how demanding he is as a you know, coach. And you could see from his first day at the club in, in pre-season, he, you know, he, he was so clear on his ideas. Right from the first minute, of the Premier League, he set his stamp about how he does things. The, the intrigue, I think, from, from people was, was fascinating. And, and when I say people, I don't just mean supporters, broadcasters, I mean fellow managers, current players, they were all watching him with so much interest. 77 days since City have won a home league game. Problems, problems for Pep Guardiola. Even if he was a lot of, you know, criticisms for his first season, he will not negotiate, you know, with anybody that this is my way. The first few games were seeing Alex Kolarov selected at centre-half and watching us pass the ball across our own six-yard box and the keeper handling possession. It was a few heart attacks then, but you quickly become used to it. You understand that's the way we're going to play. As a defender playing really high line and, and with a lot of space in behind, it's something that we haven't done before. You could see that there was real progress there. But it just came down to the fact that some of the players that he inherited, namely the fullbacks, they were just, at the end of their careers, didn't quite have what Pep needed them to have. 
If you look at that season, especially the defenders, we were, you know, a bit old. The four fullbacks, Kolarov, Sanya, Klishi, myself, we were in our 30s. When you, when you play on the pep, you need to be physically in your best conditions uh, because this is what he demands. Players need time to adapt to a, to a style like Pep Guardiola's. A lot of hours to try to get into the heads. When have players ever played like this in English football? That's the challenge that Pep faced, to sit down in front of those players and say, this is what I've done, now we're starting from scratch. He's done so well now, it looks easy, but that big challenge was really just getting the players to do what he wants because that is far from a guarantee in football. Just give me time and it will happen. And in that first season already, I think they won five of the last six games or something like that, and you could see that Manchester City already got it. Uh, and then, of course, the following season, they won the league. This guy is a genius. He wins, and he wins again. I think the media, you know, couldn't wait for him to fail, certainly, at the beginning. And he's proved them all wrong, you know. Even you look at the points we've obtained, you know, we had 199 points, two consecutive seasons. It's unheard of, it's unbelievable. Manchester City having to bow the knee to Liverpool after uh, two back-to-back -back Premier League successes. When you speak to anyone who's won the Premier League, particularly in successful teams, they remember the titles they lost or didn't win more than the ones when they did win. And some people find that difficult to, to get their head around, but it's that hurt, it's that frustration, that anger, the way they feel, that they channel into coming back. But they were blown away by an unbelievable team, one of the best the Premier League has seen in the way Liverpool did it. And 18 points to be behind them, having been so close in the last couple of seasons, would have hurt more than I think we realised. The current players use that as a source of frustration, but right at the heart of that was Pep Guardiola. And if they weren't on the journey with him, then they weren't coming. Manchester City, the last of the 20 Premier League clubs to go into action because of their efforts in the Champions League. But their first fixture is a tough one. It's so difficult without the fans. We miss them a lot, you know. We miss the atmosphere. We just have to stick together and wait until they come back. We are so thrilled that football is a part of our lives and we'll do our best to bring the mood of Molyneux to you wherever you're watching. My parents were City fans, my grandparents were City fans. I started going in 1977. It was my first season ticket with my mum in the main stand and I've been going ever since. My parents weren't into football, so I couldn't go to football with a family member. Uh, and then I started going with this uh, guy at school. And then ever since, it's been a part of me. It's been my life. Before this year, I could count the games on one hand I've watched in my house. It's been very, very difficult. You still get that elation when they win, but not being able to share it to, to, to sort of, you know, celebrate a goal in the ground, the emotional experience of that. Without seeing people you would see on a regular basis, talking about life, shared experiences, seeing people grow, and, and to have that taken away at, you know, sort of a, a very short notice, it, it, it's been stark, it's been difficult to, to cope with, really, emotionally, and, you know, and all the other aspects of it. Phil Foden plants the ball into the empty net. Here's Gabriel Jesus. It ends with celebration for Pep Guardiola. A 3-1 win at Molyneux for Manchester City. City is just the world to me. I've just something I've had all my life. And the match-going experience I've had for the last 42, three years, uh, to miss out on that camaraderie and the friendship, it's very hard. It's been difficult. Manchester City with a title to grab back. Welcome Leicester City, who would go to the top of the league with a win today. Well, I think it's going to be a tough game, like the both were last, last season. They have good players, I don't know how they, they're going to play, uh, but it's going to be a tough game, yeah. Flicked out by Justin and fired back spectacularly by Riyad Mahrez. The dropping of any points in the early part of the season can be costly. City dropped eight in their first eight last year, Liverpool none. There can be no uh, slip-ups whatsoever. And here's Castagna, and there's Barrio! How clever is that? And a Leicester lead. And Madison, oh, that's glorious! 
Manchester City have hit Manchester City for five. It is the first time Pep Guardiola, as a coach with any of his clubs, has conceded five goals in a home game. Ready, brooding Pep Guardiola this early in the season. You can always learn from the difficult times, even if we win, you win a lot of title or not. You can always learn and improve. Manchester City are crushed and Leicester City are top. They're just not right at the moment. I think you have to be consistent and win every game because there's no there's no other choice. To play for City, to play in the Premier League, you have to be motivated every game. But of course, uh, the way you've been defeated at home, it gives us some extra motivation to get back and uh, put this behind us and to keep moving forward. Taken up by Sterling. Raheem Sterling finds the bottom corner with utter assurance. Nothing changes. This is football, you know, seen the results already um, from the opening games of the Premier League and we know it's going to be a long season without the fans, uh, but yeah, it's one that we're, we're relishing the challenge. Phillips with the corner. Edison's lost it. Rodrigo for Leeds United. What's the problem with Manchester City? They have problems at the back, which they had last season, and we said it would be the big fix in the summer. It hasn't quite been the case, and Ruben Diaz is the latest to uh, make an attempt at that. You know it's early, um, and we're lucky enough over the past few years to have experienced you know, sort of title challenges, so we know it's a long season. Um, so I don't think we're as impatient as we would have been a few years ago. The first three games are a bit, uh, a bit of a reality check for us, really, is where we might be this season. Never really seen Pep Guardiola like that, probably since the first season when he was getting to grips with the Premier League. It was a head-scratching moment, almost a watershed moment. Manchester City don't really concede many goals um, at the Etihad. Leicester to score five. People were saying, well, City haven't solved their defensive issues. Uh, they're not going to win the league defending like that. I, I was always confident, I really was, you know, uh, in Pep we trust. The sign of any great manager is being able to move forward but keep winning and keep that identity and, and that's what Pep Guardiola's done. This is completely different to when Pep took over, when there was still Yaya Torre around, Silva, company, Zabaleta of course, Joe Hart and Aguero as well, to now. They have effectively all gone in terms of their impact on the squad. When he first came to the club, that group of players that we have been at the club for nearly 10 years and and he needed to change something but these days in football is so difficult and he he spoke to me and said I probably need two years to build the team that I want you know uh, for the next six seven years this year what has happened is that for the first time I think in Pep's career he's got a squad molded to his image you can get it right or wrong with players but the players that are coming, they're coming because they're specialists to a role and they've got a series of characteristics that fit the system and fit the style and fit the philosophy. That has been an evolution. The company always said it was like a machine and you could take one part out of it and put another in and there'd be no difference. And that's been a huge part of City's success. And it's just because they're all so well coached. They know their roles, they're technically good enough, they're tactically intelligent. Guardiola gives them all the answers with the benefit of his staff as well who give him the answers. And it just works so perfectly. There might have been a few hiccups along the way, but overall, the players they've got are so good and the ideas they're given are so intelligent. It just works, and that's how there's been this seamless transition, really. The Ceramics Ferguson's the perfect example in the fact that, you know, he built four outstanding squads that won doubles and trebles and three Premier Leagues in a row um, and that relentless nature and also knowing when a player was just on the waiver being able to have an eye a year ahead of that and replace them. In the past he had had to have players that were not his choice or were not bought by him or were already at the club or were legends of the club and he had to mould them. That happened at Barcelona, happened at Bayern and happened at the beginning of City. But basically this is what a Pep Guardiola squad looks like. And he has evolved from a team that passed the ball and controlled the ball a lot and the tempo uh, 
slowed it down to make it pacier in the last third, to one that does everything very quickly. It's not only Pep's evolution, it's the evolution of football. The new additions that the managers brought into the team have really fitted in well and, you know, fitted in not just on the field but off the field, you know, really good. Uh, and it's good for the dressing room to have new faces. But they also know the roles and responsibilities and the levels that we set or have set since I've definitely been here. To be a Manchester City player, you need to perform in week in, week out. And so, beyond the crazy, colourful chaos of the early weeks, a game here that truly hints at the launch of the serious season. Suffered through here for Son, who's finishes short. And Tottenham are ahead inside five minutes. This is Giovanni Lo Celso. It's 2-0 Tottenham. Genius, Jose. Tottenham, top of the league. We got beat by Spurs 2-0, and we were abject on the day, really. We had tons of the ball, but didn't do anything with it. And I think at the time, if you'd have offered sort of every City fan a place in the top four, they would have probably jumped at it and, and bought that particular offer. We looked in need of, of, of rejuvenation, really. Oh, was there a foul on the edge of the box? There's a chance for a tie and a goal for West Brom! It really did look like things were unravelling a bit, and Guardiola himself... When he talks now, looking back, he always talks about how they were 12th in the league. For the seventh time in 12 Premier League games so far this season, they failed to win. It was quite startling, and it was, it was easy, certainly, for people to think, what's going on here? Is this Guardiola's last season, and is it really going to end like this? Especially it was the day after the West Brom at home, when we draw 1-1. We could have win, but after the game, I went to myself and my my staff and friends. I said, I don't like the team. I don't like the way we play. It doesn't matter the results. I don't like. I not. We don't recognize. I don't recognize my team the way you should play. And we just come back to the principles. A, B, C. That's all. The big, big question everybody had after last season was defensively, and this fellow Ruben Diaz arrived. For me, that's one of the stories of the season. When the season starts, every season we have the opportunity to, to win everything. What makes the difference? It's the mindset. We're more ambitious than ever and everybody wants to win. Seeking now to resettle with a new stellar centre-half. And boy, they seem to be crying out for Ruben Diaz when Leicester rattled their cage. The way Ruben Diaz has come in at the age of 23 into a team that were unsettled defensively that were shipping goals and had just finished 18 points behind their rivals has been nothing more than extraordinary. Signing of the season and player of the year. I'm, I'm young, but I'm, I'm playing at a high level for, for quite some time. And so I think that's something that has helped me just a lot uh, on my, my move to, to Manchester. When Vincent Company left the club, I think they needed to identify another player who brings that uh, leadership at the back. And Ruben Diaz has been absolutely fantastic. I have to say, in the way that you know he adapted to the new club, sometimes it takes you know a few months or even one season to to perform well or to feel comfortable. But he looks really subtle. He's a natural leader. He's one who's never rotated um, straight away. You can see what Pep Guardiola thinks of him and how important he is to the consistency of that defensive foundation that's going to win the Premier League title. Ruben Diaz powering in unnoted. He has been sensational. And he's also been sensational for John Stones. It's been absolute pleasure to play with him. I think for someone to come in to such a big club and make a massive impact like he has is credit to his, his personality, his... his his attributes as a player and he's, he's gelled with everyone so quickly and he's been playing so well and um, that's credit to him. They're two different players, they seem to complement each other um, and the consistency in which they've, they've proven the confidence back in John Stones is fantastic to see. The hard work off the pitch in the gym, on the training pitch working hard at my game, you know, finding little details what I can improve on in, in every aspect and giving the best while, while we're out there for, for everyone. And, um, you know, I'm enjoying my football and, and I'm sure every, everyone else in the team is as well. When it's like that, everything, everything always seems easier. 
Well, he waits six years for a Premier League goal, and then you have two in 40 minutes. What Diaz has done, he kind of gives him the confidence, and he's always talking, he's always communicating. And there's that camaraderie that you can see that when one of them makes a tackle, Diaz kind of relishes it so much, they go over and high-five or bump fists or whatever, and it kind of brings that real partnership element to it. So you can just imagine, off the pitch, they want to keep that going. He's a central defender, like lead the line or lead the other ones. He plays good his decisions, but helps to the other one to take a good decisions. And that is when you are and become an incredible central defender. Don't stop communicating. You see his body language. During 90 minutes, he's living the game like he was the last one. And he makes better his partner. He makes better his partner. And this is so difficult to find in the world football. In this club and where I come from, winning is the only option. We know that a point is always a point. It's not the worst scenario. And sometimes it happens. Along the, the run, it happens. You just got to keep going. These, these one points at the end might be, might be important. But, but at the end of all, we're going always for, for the three and we will always go. And going after the three again and again and again, I think that's the, the spirit that can make you a champion. De Bruyne whipping it in. They were queuing up for it again. Manchester City lead after a spell of constant pressure. Southampton were doing very well at the time. City was struggling a bit. They just needed to win that. And then they played Newcastle on Boxing Day. And that's when the kind of blueprint for how they played over the next one or two months was first seen. That was the first time we saw the left-back coming into midfield and João Cancelo not just coming into midfield, but going all the way up, up into the attacking line. They had wingers on their natural side, so they weren't cutting inside onto their stronger foot. They were staying wide and providing the width. And Ilkay Gundogan, the big change, of course, Gundogan had more licence to get forward, to make runs into the box. He scored again, City won, and they just looked a bit more confident. Simple take for Ferran Torres. They finally cracked the code. So it was around then, you thought, maybe City are getting their mojo back. In by Zinchenko, taken by Foden. Gundogan's on the twist and scoring a truly super goal. We went to Chelsea thinking this is going to be difficult and we were 3-0 up at half-time, could have been more and I think that's a point in time with the players and certainly the supporters thought, hang on a minute, we have something here. Raheem Sterling and hits the inside of the post and De Bruyne follows up. Manchester City, as you remember them, just too good. Manchester City, irresistible, irrepressible, their quality irrefutable. Edging ever closer to the top of the table, their progress decidedly ominous now for their title rivals. I think it was back to that uh, that high, uh, intense pressure, getting the ball back quickly, spreading the ball, using the wing backs, uh, which is a, a great way we play. But then the, the, the players from the midfield started to you know, come to the come to their own and start scoring the goals for us. The passing was sharper, the type of football they played, it was a return to 2018-19 really. The confidence they had, the way they moved the ball about so swiftly, the chances they created, they looked completely different than they had for months. We had the feeling that we were getting better, we were more comfortable, we controlled more aspects at uh, some games in the beginning of the season. I think we're back a little bit like we were and uh, it's getting better, but you know, football change week by week. You know, little, little details that everything can work and everything can be destroyed. So just warning, be attention and continue what we feel is, is getting better. Everything that happens is driven by the manager. He's the leader of the group. He is the one who ushers the instructions. He's the one who demands the standards uh, from his players. But you have to credit to the players, in, in Pep Guardiola's right, they listened, they analysed, they bought into it. All the teams who have success for a long time, we have to move the team. If none, is impossible. Because the message is tired, and the players, how accept the message is completely different. The first season and the fifth season. They were more patient, they were more confident, and everything just started to come together. And it only took probably three or four games, and people started to think, this is City back now. Gundogan is onside. Oh, it's two. Raheem Sterling couldn't miss from there. That's irresistible football again from Manchester City. Yeah, it was fantastic. Uh, 
But once again, part of me feels, you know, I'm not there, you know, missing out on it. You feel so much more part of it when you're in the ground, you know, as opposed to watching on the TV. But, you know, it's, it's not the same as being there. You really do get wrapped up in it when you're on a, a winning streak. We've seen how strong they've been in recent years. We still see them as a, as a danger to us. So, yeah, we just need to stay focused and it's going to be a great game. Sterling. And Foden and Gundogan and City do you're dying to share in, in, in how well they're playing, the, the celebration of the The best moment as a football fan is that sort of five, ten seconds after your team scores a goal and, and, and missing out on that and being in the ground. And once more, Liverpool's crown slips on their head. Very much bittersweet. It, it's great to see. You, you, it sounds churlish to moan that your team is playing well on the field, but but yeah, it's been a different a different experience this year. Manchester City have their boots on the throat of the champions. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's Foden. Phil Foden! No! Oh, oh! That is a screamer from Phil Foden! His nickname is the uh, Stockport's Iniesta. Stockport is where he grew up, big Manchester City area. I remember just going out, playing on the car park close to my house, playing football at like the age of five or six, um, and that's where it started really. I just enjoyed my football, playing with friends on the street, and it became more of an important thing year by year. I remember a coach coming into my, my local school and, and scouting me. They don't pick many many players, you know. They have to see potential in a player, and for them to pick me, you know, it was massive. So yeah, as a moment I'll never forget. My name is Joe Makin. I work at Manchester City Football Academy and I've been a member of Reddish Falcons Junior Football Club for 28 years. Phil came into Manchester City on the school's programme. The first time I saw him, it was the wow factor. We were playing in the Sunday League and the pitches are split into six pitches. So there's games going on everywhere. So we decided to do a little thing and pulled Phil to one side and just said, listen, want you to score a couple of goals as soon as you can, no pressure, but then maybe we can try those moves that we were practising when we were doing the training. I tell you now, goal. Straight back to the halfway line, no celebrating. They kick off, he wins the ball. Goal number two. Two parents stood behind us, clearly said, you'd pay to watch this, wouldn't you? And he was seven years of age. I used to play with my older brother, we used to go to the park. If you ask anyone, they'd always say that I'd have a ball at my feet anywhere I'd go. I'd be going to the shops and have a ball at my feet. That's the type of person I was, I just, I loved the game, I loved playing football. Jim Castle, former academy manager at Manchester City, and Phil came to my notice when, of course, he was brought into the club by our head of junior recruitment, Terry John. I remember the day well. He seemed to have a composure, a balance, an agility that was different from all the other good players that were there. And uh, the one thing that always sticks in my mind, and he does it brilliantly now, was how he manipulates the ball without touching it. He's, a, he's got an, a massive ability to let the ball uh, run across him or move his body in such a way that he manipulates around opponents just by, just by a movement of his own body. He always had that great quality. His balance was excellent, his pace was sharp. He had this low trajectory, he could go past people, and the next time you see him, of course, he's had that little growth spurt, his legs have got stronger, and if you look at him now playing in our first team, God, by me, he is strong, his balance it gives him extra strength. I was playing against a lot of older lads and more physical, but um, I feel like that's helped me in, in today's game, you know, um, just playing on the street and learning skills on the, on the concrete pitches, and I think it makes you who you are, you know, so. So yeah, any young kid growing up, I think, um, just enjoy your football and try and play anywhere you can, really. 
My name's Jason Wilcox. I'm the Academy Director at Manchester City. He was doing exactly the same as he, as he is now when he was a 12-year-old. Always wanted to listen, first on the training ground, last off it. Part of the problem was getting him off the training ground, actually. Um, he used to turn up an hour before training. You know, just wanted to kick balls around. He's got an amazing love of the game, combined with his deep obsession to be the best he can possibly be. And if somebody's, or he's looking at somebody who's better than him, he will do everything he can to make sure that he goes past them. I always remember a situation where we had the bleep test as it was then, and him and Jaden Sancho were the two players left in. And it was like, there was no way either of them was gonna lose to the other. And that's what top players do. To have your two best players in the academy competing like that was just an, a tremendous example to, to all the other kids. You know, once he'd played a season in the under-18s as an under-17, he missed the 23s and went straight to the first team and didn't look back. I didn't play a lot in the first few seasons, but, you know, I knew my chance would come and when I got it, I needed to take it, so I was so determined just to get the opportunity and I just thought everything I've trained for since, since I was a kid, I, I have to take it into the game. He's starting to get to the very top of his game because he clearly now is in that top a section of the pyramid that I always had in my mind, which is the player that can dominate and run a game. Lesser down players, they can influence a game. The one that can control the game, he is the icing on the cake. His best attributes are now starting to come out. Something happened in a game previously, early in the season, and things weren't going the way they should have gone. He slowly but surely moved into a number 10 position and was just taking charge. It doesn't matter you have 25 or 20, if you have the skills and the talent, you can play. I think he was enough patient to have the moment and he has to continue to be patient. And uh, he will be an exception. He is a top, top player, but still, he's playing football in one rhythm and he has to combine different rhythms to be an exceptional player. He's always driven. You never see him going down like, oh, this is not going well for me, or I had this problem of that problem. When you have the, a player with his quality and with this mindset, it's, it's uh, very, very, very difficult not to be successful. Well, it's all going to be down to Phil at the end of the day. I think, of course, he's, he's well on the way. He's a young, he's a player that's come through our system and he's managing to fit into the world's best manager's team selections. All the time and effort that my parents and the coaches have put into me, I want to, you know, repay it by um, showing them what I can do in the game. And you know, every day um, I, I play for them. You know, when I when I go out there, so I'm so determined just to do the best I can and put everything that I've worked on in in my game. Game by games by game, he will realize what can improve in that position. But he has the desire, the potential. He loves that club, and uh, I am pretty sure if he's one player, he can do it. He's, he's the one. For the record, and it is one, 15 successive wins. Still absolutely perfect in 2021. 22 games without defeat. They set out to insist once more that no one can live with City. It's very important to stay humble. I, I said that also straight after, after the Liverpool game. Um, the manager said it to us. It's such an extraordinary season. Every single game uh, has his own character, brings his own challenge with it. And uh, that's why it's just uh, difficult in every single game. And Gundogan has such a good goal. He is such a good player in such a good place right now. Even in these difficult times, we can, we can bring joy into, into people's living rooms, you know. Gundogan, he sat down Sanchez and he scored again. The guy can do no wrong. The start of the season was not easy for us, but we've been very competitive between each other and we set the standards very high. Of course, we're in a very good position, but until it's mathematically over, I don't like to think that, that it's won already. Here they come again with Bernardo Silva, and that may well wrap this one up for Manchester City. It just shows how quickly things can change. I think it was just confidence and believing in ourselves that we could come back. Yeah, everyone had belief and, and stuck together, and we've overcome it now. To be in the position we are we are now is is incredible, and we've got to build on that and, and keep pushing forward. Which that's the 
the mentality around the group at the minute. Morris Stones! Smashing crisp finish from the centre-half! Our business is to show our best performance every single game. We have a, a lot of players who deserve to play and every single day on the training session we are fighting to play and to be in start 11 and yeah, I think that's, that's the key, you know, we have to keep working and yeah, we, we, I think we deserve this. This makes a huge difference. And then it's a matter of who deals with the team. You know, it's the manager who's really smart and who's someone who's really intense. You know, he always wants to win, and this counts for a lot in terms of, you know, keeping us players on our toes, ready to play and to win games. 15 points clear at the top of the Premier League. City surely... The 2021 Inevitables. All the credit for the players. Sometimes they don't believe me when I tell them, but the real, the reality is the quality and all the credit and respect for the players they have done, I would say, these years, not just this period of the time. He's very convinced of what he's doing. You know, when you have been at the elite as a player and you've been surrounded by elite managers who demand everything of you, do you know what the standards are? Uh, uh, so he, he, he wants that of everyone. And to do that, you need the personality that he's got, the insistence on the idea, uh, and certainly the, um, the demands at the highest, highest possible level. Every season leaves you a lot of scars and a lot of learnings in the same time. If I had the success, why do I have to continue to do exactly the same with the same guys, with the same mythology? We continue to win. It doesn't happen. There's no guarantee. There's no guarantee it's going to have success the last month and a half, two months we have ahead of us. He's so uh, intense uh, and 24 hours a day, every day, thinks about nothing else than football, that he analysed actually his own role in all that, as well as the players. And obviously the tweaks he made, the, the, the proof is in the pudding. He's been getting the best out of the players with his demands and, and his intensity of wanting to win, winning in big games and, and getting that winning mentality across to us as players. So I think it'll, it'll never change. He'll probably demand more, which is a sign of a, you know, a winner. He doesn't speak as much as perhaps he did before, but the intensity and will to win is the same and this hasn't changed. He's always there, alert and talkative on match day and in training, and he's always wanting to improve things. So this is something which, for me, really stands out in him. When you sit in a stadium and, and you look down, uh, and sometimes if there's a lull in the game, it's as entertaining, if not more, to watch him in his prowling in his technical area and the instructions that he's ushering, who they are for. He's addicted to winning and, you know, his CV shows that and he expects nothing else. He knows that sometimes he, he doesn't want any complacency from, from players. He want to show to the rest of the player that you have to be ready. And that's why I think he creates that, let's say, healthy competition between the players. He, it's incredible how he can inspire the players again to go into the next season with the hunger of uh, success again. And that's why the only top managers can do that. He knows what he's doing, but at the same time he doubts, and that doubt can, can eat him alive, but also it's a source of motivation. So he doubts on, on what he's doing, on uh, the steps to take, because a lot of, of what he does is, is new territory. He likes to see football as, as part of, of the bigger picture, so he uh, gets you know source of motivation and a knowledge from chess, from volleyball, from poetry, from and all that eventually gets filtered down into uh, into tactics and a way of relating to uh, to people. So complex personality, uh, a very intense way of approaching the game and the profession. And without that, you won't be able to go as far as he's gone. The team is a, like a reflection of your manager, so he's always determined and focused on what he has to do and uh, try to convince us to follow him. And, uh, you know, that's good because every day we come into the training sessions, we have something new, we have something extra, and uh, 
I hope the players can understand that and put it into practice in the, in the pitch. When you look at Pep when after some big defeat, he's fuming. And the players also can see that. And, and he wants the players to, to react after the bad defeat, saying, we need to improve, we know that we're not doing the right thing. And, and when the manager can transmit that into the players, you know, it's something that brings the right mentality to the club and to the players. Certainly Pep Guardiola is hard on himself, but that hardness on himself just comes from what he has known as an elite player and an elite manager, that there is certain things you shouldn't do, there is a, there is a standard you shouldn't go below of, and, and every defeat is, a, yeah, I'm sure is a, like, a, like a little death that he's got to recover from. But certainly uh, it is of the kind of thinking that every defeat brings a lot of lessons, that you, le you learn much more after losing a game than, than after winning. Whilst United can still, even in improbable theory, catch City, they are obliged in practice to perform as though they might. Keep your friends close and your enemies closer. I think when you have a record that's nice, it's nice to look back at it, but I think at this particular time, it is not important, you know, we try to win the next game and that's obviously United on Sunday. Here is Anthony Martial in red. He has tumbled. It's a penalty in 33 seconds. It's Bruno Fernandes. United lead on City territory in no time at all. Rashford. And Luke Shaw 2-0 United. There's going to be moments where you drop points or maybe play bad. But you need these moments to learn because obviously I think sometimes it's better to lose a game or play bad to see where you can improve as a, as a team or as a player. All good things must come to an end. City's winning run has been very, very good. But it has been terminated and tonight Manchester is red. It was annoying because it came against United, but if you'd have said to me at the start of the season, you can lose to United at home, but you'll win the league, I would have taken that every single time. Losing that game, annoying for the fans, annoying for the players, but they carried on winning straight away. They don't have that fancy historic run to show for it, but it probably served to, to I don't know, sharpen them up a little bit and just go to show that they needed just to be a little bit more switched on if they're going to particularly go far in the Champions League. It was going to come to an end sometime. You like to win every single game you play and create numerous records, but at the end of the day, it's just a record. It's all about the trophy. Here's Aguero! What a dazzling, devastating finish on his final visit with Manchester City. And how appropriate it could be if an Aguero goal could help seal a Manchester City title. Everybody is devastated that the Premier League is losing Sergio Aguero. One of the outstanding strikers of our time. Five Premier Leagues in, in ten years. Extraordinary. When I came here, Zabaleta said to me, two, three years ago, Manchester City is to, to fight to the relegates, you know? So now we are fighting to the title. For me, Sergio was a special player. One of the greatest strikers that we have seen in the Premier League. Sometimes you have to understand when is the right moment to move on. He's been for 10 years at the club. Fans love him. He's beloved at City, absolutely beloved. For the goals, for the memories. His Premier League record of goals to minutes on the pitch is the best of all time. Most hat-tricks. There's so many memories to look back on. He's left a back catalogue of utter brilliance for us to, to enjoy and, uh, and to savour in memories of years to come. The impact of this guy in these 10 years here, the numbers speak for, for itself and one of the top class players in the world and uh, one of the most humble and educated and nice person I've ever met. I would say he has to be incredibly proud of what he has done for this club. He scored the most important goal of our history. When I saw the time, it's 88 or 89, I said, oh no, I can't believe it. So, we lose the penalty, no. And then uh, when I receive the ball, just, and then I don't know what's happened. Aguero! Staggering! Just staggering! The noise when the goal went in. Wow, never forget it. 
that was me, 93 minutes in front of the goal. Maybe we couldn't <laughs> win the game, but with Sergio, 100%. We keep watching that moment for so many years. I'm not sure it would be a moment like that in the Premier League ever again. Still now you watch it and say, oh, what a moment. Uh, yeah, when you are lucky or, or talent to, to, to be able to do this, you always remain in the hearts for all of us. United had a, a little rolling banner with the year since we won it and it came on the scoreboard and it went reset itself to zero and I was thinking, yeah, we've come of age, you know, and it really was, it, it was a coming of age moment. For me, Yaya, Torre, Silva, Kunawero, they were like three of the players that they were world class and they, they could have gone to a, any club in Europe, but he, they decided to stay at Man City for 10 years and it tells you they, they felt so happy at, at Manchester City, but uh, those players were different and Sergio for me was, was the special one. He's left an everlasting mark on Manchester City. Uh, he's going to get that statue. Um, there'll be a lot of tears when he leaves the pitch for the final time against Everton. It's so train because it's the, the last game in, in the Etihad. I will enjoy that moment because will be my memory that game. The most important for me is the people enjoy. I want to say thank you. And we do reach the final day, a reason for Thanksgiving for joy. And such joy is felt most profoundly, of course, on their coronation day by the fans of Manchester City. The Etihad is no longer empty. It is wreathed in 10,000 blue moon smiles. It's been so hard. I've so missed it. You know, it's a massive part of my life, massive. And I know we've got to get back steadily, but I can't wait for the day we're just going back to normal and we're all together. Football without fans is sterile. There's a lack of emotion with the players as well, the way they've celebrated goals, the way they've reacted. It's felt a different experience this year. Football to me means family. It means emotion. It means history. It's part of us. It's part of who we are. It sort of governs my life in many respects. I could not see there being an occasion where I wouldn't want to go. It's, uh, it's everything. I'm looking for Everton game. 10,000 people is coming. This business with other people is not the same. It means a lot for all of us. And so, bring on the champions. Let the people get a long four glimpse. Let the superstars finally feel the love. It is the exultant reunion of conquerors and their tribe. Mares. De Bruyne! got problems here with Jesus, it is Gabriel Jesus, that is calm, clinical, clever, it's classic Manchester City. Jesus, Raheem Sterling and Phil Foden, fun flair Foden. Not wasting any more time to get Conaguero involved. Just imagine if he scores. Stolen by Fernandinho. It is Sergio Aguero! Fairy tale farewell! A decade of delight. And now a day of personal celebration for Sergio Aguero. Fernandinho. to know how Manchester City could have celebrated any better than they have today. Incredible, uh, happy for many, many people. It was a massive achievement. I think everything started 19 December when we won in Southampton and we won uh, absolutely everything, all the games, and that make us, you know, the Premier League be possible.
it's a wonderful to win the Premier League and to be in the Champions League final. But next year it will be a new challenge, a new season. And as a footballer, you just need to be hungry every every time. It's a really special moment. I think uh, the sensation is is really nice. So to be a Premier League champions again is something special, you know. And I'm so happy we can really <laughs> celebrate now. It was a haunting season, but the show went on. Football's sunshine did break through the clouds. In a context without precedence, despite it all, through it all, the champions of 2021 are Manchester City. I'm so happy. I want to say thanks to my teammates because my teammates help a lot. So thank you for, for everything. You know? It felt more uh, special for me because I played more games and... Obviously, we started a bit slow to the season. It just shows our characters to come back and, and to win the league the way we did. Um, yeah, I'd say it's down to the manager working so hard with us. The thing is with Pep, and we, we know it by now, he just wants to win every game. So where do they go from here? Guardiola won't slack off. That's the whole point. And the players, they know this. You know, they know that they need to fight for their place, otherwise they won't play. So they need to keep that momentum up. No matter how successful this season's been, Guardiola will always want more. So, I mean, there's a lot of incredibly clever guys in football, hard-working guys in football, tactically astute guys in football. That's always been the case, and it will always be the case, but it just looks like Guardiola's just got that something special. When you arrive, always is a challenge. Once we are here and win three Premier Leagues in the last four years, that we have done, we have done really well, and now we just continue to do it. And next season, we have to do it again. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 